Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco, and I am here every week with some wonderful women in the Philadelphia area who are happy to come in and share with us their story and some of the wonderful things that they're doing. Um, if you are interested in coming in and being a guest on the show to share with us what your business is doing, I would love to hear from you. So uh, please feel free to give me a call at 215-313-5561 or feel free to shoot me an email to srocco233 at gmail. Um, this afternoon we have um, a wonderful lady in the studio who happens to be a friend and um, I'm thrilled that she came in here today. Uh, we're going to be talking all about health and nutrition and some great um, tactics that she has come up with to help us all keep up with that. Uh, her name is Marissa Costonis, and she is the founder of Everyday Family Health. Welcome to the studio. Welcome. To, thanks so much for having me. We're, we're thrilled to have you here today. Um, as we always do every week, we start off the show finding out a little bit about um, you and your background. And I'm excited because I, I don't know everything. Um, and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your growing up years, um, where that was and where you went to school. Sure, I'd love to. Um, well, again, thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm You're really welcome. excited to be here. Um, I grew up in the area, in the Glenside area, and um, went to Gwinnett Mercy, a local school. That's right. That's and, right. And uh, I know the joke is my husband is not from around here, so he doesn't understand if you're from Philadelphia and people ask you where you went to school, they mean high school, right. not, not college. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I had to say where I went to high school because right. that's important if you live in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but I grew up in the area, and uh, I have three brothers and sisters who all live all over the world now, actually. Oh, really? I have a brother that lives in China, and a sister that lives in Denver, and my sister and I stayed local. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you have great places to visit. We do. And yeah. my dad is 81, and he still, he just got back from Thailand and Hong Kong. Wow. Uh, he went to visit my brother, and, and uh, my sister does some volunteer work in Mexico, and he just got back from there. So oh, look at him traveling I, at 81. That's I, so great. He loves it. I, yeah. I wish I had his energy, actually. Yeah. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> did you do a lot of traveling as a, as a kid, as a family? Uh, we did a little bit of travel as a kid. Um, I did most of my travel when I, when I started working. Okay. Uh, did a little bit of study abroad programs in college, went to great. Italy. and uh, Nice. Yes, reinforced my love of food and right. Italian food at that. Right. Um, but, you know, grew up in a typical Italian family where uh, you don't, you're, you're planning the next meal while you're eating the first the, the first. I know one. all about that. <laughs> <laughs> at breakfast over coffee, we're talking about dinner. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And some of my fondest memories uh, as a child were, you know, two hour long dinners with great aunts and uncles and grandparents and great aunts and um, you know, multiple nights of the week, we would have uh, extended family, yeah. uh, a grandmother yeah. and a great aunt and a grandmother, at least at yeah. minimum a few times a week. Right. So those are some of my fondest memories and, and funniest stories, I think, oh, as a I child. I, we could do a whole show on that. Absolutely. Because I married in, so mm. I came to know it later in life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll you have one. no idea. <laughs> So, okay, so tell me, I'm very familiar with Gwen and Mercy. Actually, mm -hmm. my children went to the to Little Gwen, we call oh, it. Oh, right. Um, so what kinds of things were you involved in at Gwen and Mercy? I know they have a great um, theater program there, and they have great athletics. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I played field hockey and lacrosse and uh, became captain of the lacrosse team, which was a pretty new sport back then. Yeah, it, It's actually hard to believe that soccer wasn't even invented as a sport when I was in grade school and Is high school. Right? Yes. 
gosh. How I, old are we? I know. Well, I remember it being introduced, I guess, in uh, later in middle school. And uh, everybody was literally being introduced to soccer for the first time. Right, so, right. Um, so no soccer for me. But uh, lots of field hockey and lacrosse. And, you know, at Gwinnett, there's such a strong culture there mm-hmm. of giving back and volunteering. And uh, because I always had a grandmother or a great aunt or somebody at my house, uh, I was sure to volunteer at uh, the local nursing home. I just, they felt like- Springhouse Estates? Um, yes, yes. And, uh, and Silverstream as well yeah. in Springhouse. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, it was kind of an extension of, of being at home yeah. with them. That's so, so nice. Yeah. So then you headed off to Villanova, which happens to be my alma mater. Um, and tell me about your years there. What kinds of things were you involved in? Loved Villanova. Um, you know, the joke is that it's only right down the Blue Route, which was being built when I was right. <laughs> yes. in school. But, you know, I went home probably just as much as, as the next guy, um, uh, except for when I got sick. It was wonderful to be able to pop home for, oh, right. a, you know, if you were sick or a Sunday dinner. Instead of the infirmary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, and uh, when you feel a little homesick, I love just going home on a Sunday night just yeah. for dinner and just getting that little bit of home love, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And home cooking. And home cooking. We're going to so, talk a lot about food today. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I played lacrosse at Villanova oh, as well. Did. And um, I was very involved at my uh, sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma. Okay. And it's funny because they have an alumni group that I'm uh, that I'm involved with now. And uh one of the women that I see, she's in her 80s, and I saw her at an event, and we were laughing and talking, and my friends came over. It was a black tie event, and they said, how do you know her? And I said, well, she's my sorority sister. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have great memories of that, and I was the pledge chairman there for uh, two years and, and, and still bump into people from Villanova today. Gee, I, actually, yeah. I was at an event last night, an alumni event. Um, yeah, they're great people. Really great. So um, what was your major? I was a finance major with a minor in accounting. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was it was great. Thought I was going to go business and uh, right. ended up in consulting. Uh, my dad kind of helped me down that, that path. He would put uh, little clippings on my bed of Anderson Consulting. Have you considered this as a career? <laughs> uh, a strong subtle, little, a subtle, yeah, little, a subtle hint. Yeah. Um, and uh, it turns out I went for an interview. They did hire quite a few people from Villanova. And uh, I was in my last interview. They were about to offer me a job in uh, systems integration. Uh, perfect, you'd think, transition from finance. And at the very last minute, I learned about something called change management. Uh, in the interview, which was a very small group at the time of people that managed the transformation of the people through the change. And they helped the people through whatever change it was. And I said, "Ah, you know that little bubble over there called change management? I think if you're going to hire me, you're going to have to hire me into that group. Oh, really? And they said, huh, well, we'll have to think about that. And anyway, they came back and luckily... I was uh, one of the t- first 20 people that started that group that ended up growing uh, substantially throughout the years. Now, was that a new area of business that kind of, it, is it, if I'm to understand it, maybe helping people through rebranding or well, a, a new ownership? What kinds of things? Actually, with management consulting, there's a whole host of major changes that you are um, working with organizations to do. Perhaps it's a merger. You know, back then there were a lot of bank mergers. Right. Um, perhaps you were doing a complete reorganization. You were shrinking the number of offices or doing a reorg uh, in the jobs or implementing computer systems that would fundamentally change the process and the way that people do their jobs. Mm -hmm. So without uh, really strong leadership and training and communications, um, people were nervous. And back then, uh, people really worried about retention. And so they worried about people wanting to be happy and um, and they worried about their retention rates because it cost money to retrain people if they right. left. Right. So it was a huge area. And every dollar you spent in change management um, actually allowed you to get to your cost benefit. It, it allowed you to get to your benefits sooner. Right. And it allowed you to see benefits above and beyond your original estimates. So it was a real, it sounds kind of fluffy, but uh, there were some real money uh, benefits in that. Right. You know, and as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about how later on in our interview, you're going to tie that in with what you're doing today, which is is so interesting. So how many years did you spend there? 
I spent about 11 years uh, there. I was on the partner track. I was a senior manager. I had run projects both here in the U.S. and in um, Germany, in Cologne, uh, Germany, as well as um, Belgium with uh, the third largest insurance car company in Belgium. So did you spend, did you move there or were you doing that? I did, you I did. did. Uh, my husband and I were both working for the firm. Um, you have to live a similar, you have to understand the consulting lifestyle. You're, you know, you're traveling all during the week. So we met on the job and, uh, and we went over to Germany together and then I sold some work in Belgium and sold a little extra work so he could come with me. Yeah, how <laughs> nice, how nice. And yeah. wh where did your, you and your husband meet? Well, it's kind of a funny story. We met in Harrisburg at an insurance company. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, on a trip to Germany, yeah, Harrisburg. Not, okay, not quite as uh, as as glamorous. Um, glamorous, yeah. yes. But uh, you know, a, it's like in college. A year in the firm older is a big deal. I mean, you know, you're the next level up, and you have so much more experience. Right. Uh, so he was with a friend, uh, and he saw me across the parking lot going into a different building. I was on a different project and he said to his friend who is that and he said oh well that's Marissa Simone and she's a senior consultant and uh, you know like big deal and he <laughs> said well, I'm gonna marry her and you'll be invited to the wedding you are kidding and me. never spoke to me yeah oh <laughs> he had never he was spoken afraid. to me no, yeah, but no he I really, mean he, he said that he said that and had never spoken to me um, so yeah, and wow. I guess uh, it I love all worked that out. Story, I, I love that story. Um, we are going to actually take a quick break. Sure. And when we come back, we're going to start talking about how you transitioned from the corporate world into what you're doing today. Sounds good. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapist you trust. What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size? This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are best dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215-266-5680. And be sure to view the spring collection at wbyworth.com. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. 
Hey everybody, we're back in the studio today with Women to Watch on 1180 WFYL. My name is Susan Rocco, and I'm in the studio today with Marissa Costonis, who is founder of Everyday Family Health. And in the first uh, half of the show, we were talking about Marissa's background and her years with Accenture and working in the corporate world. And I thought we would talk a little bit about uh, Marissa's um, decision or kind of an awakening about um, after having children, not going, continuing in the corporate world. So tell us a little bit about what happened there. Sure. Um, Well, I was actually in Germany at the time when I found out I was pregnant with my son. So um, we we wrapped up our project there and um, and headed home. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen after I had my son. I sort of left it up in the air and and wanted to see how I felt. Uh, So I had him. And uh, after I had him, I I I didn't look back. I couldn't even imagine going back to work, certainly in the same capacity that I was doing. Right. With the consulting demands and the travel, uh, it just was not something that two parents could do, I felt, uh, and and raise a child effectively. So um, I ended up staying home and uh, really enjoyed that, uh, uh, continue to enjoy that. But um, we were home for about a year and a half, and then we had to move to London. Uh, my husband had a project there, so we moved there, and then I was pregnant with my daughter. Okay. So things things were pretty busy that first couple of years. Uh, I bet. So I, I don't think I, I really didn't miss working in that way. Right. Uh, and met so many people in London. It was it was just a fascinating place to live. That's so, wonderful. Um, you know, and we should point out that when we talk a lot on the show about working outside of the house or, or being home raising children and, you know, being a mother and raising children is a profession, right? Absolutely. I can tell you that, uh, you know, my project in Germany, working with a a very large, strong union, uh, I was on a project where I was consolidating offices uh, from 30 to about five. And uh, doing that in Germany was 10 times easier than the role of <laughs> raising two children with very strong minds. Uh, right, that might right. have a little something to do with the Italian background with the uh, strong personalities. I'm not sure. Right. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, you think it's going to be one thing and, uh, you know, you, nev- you never know what you're going to get. You never know. So uh, it's, it's the epitome yeah. of multitasking, right? Absolutely. I used every single skill I had ever developed in my life to... Uh, to manage, you know, a move abroad and just managing two small children. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was tricky. And I think that prepares us for what's to come after, right? I mean, we only have a very small window uh, with our children, and, and that job of motherhood really does prepare you for whatever is going to come next. Absolutely. I, I don't know one mother that doesn't have that sort of... Uh, f- just rustled, uh, you know, panicked look in their eye for the first couple of years. And then right. all of a sudden you just go, oh, and you can yeah. take a little bit Got of a deep it. breath. Right. <laughs> um, so so then you had your children, you were in London. And, and what year was that? Then did you move back to this area, to the we, Philadelphia area? We did. We lived in London for about two years. Um, we actually moved back to this area. We identified some challenges that my son was having developmentally Uh, and so in true consulting style I put together a work plan got a team together of resources uh, developed milestones I mean it was literally a consulting project and probably the most important one of my life right Uh, and again I I think we're all on a journey and everything that happens in the past prepares us for the future Mm -hmm. Uh, every bit of those consulting skills uh, came into play when I was managing the the team and uh, and the plan for my son and had I not had those skills, I don't know if I would have seen near the benefits that we did because he's completely healthy and, and strong and just, just a great kid today at, at 12. So I'm very lucky that I had that background. Yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about what some of those um, things were that you put together for him that were beneficial? Sure, sure. Um, you know, he was having some speech delays. He was having some social challenges. Um, at only you know three years old, you can you can identify some of those things. So uh, again, in, in consulting in a consulting way, I went out and found some best practices. You know what are the best what are some of the best thinking? Uh, what's the best thinking going out? I found people across the country that were amazing, put together resources, used my network uh, here growing up here. That was just wonderful to ask as many friends and um, colleagues that I had. So I put together a really great team, both speech, uh, behavioral, 
um, educational and um, put him in programs to help him in those areas. He was working probably uh, 30 plus hours a week wow. in various programs. And I, I, I had, you know, anywhere from five to 10 people uh, working with him at any time. And how many years did that take place? He, he started at three? He started at three, and that took place for about three years. Three and, years, okay. Uh, and then the benefits, just like a, just like a regular project, we started to see the benefits roll in. And, um, you know, by first grade, it was, it was he was indistinguishable, wow, which was that's exciting. that's wonderful. Yeah, so that was probably the best most challenging and most rewarding project I've ever been on. And I think that's what helped me realize, hey, wait a minute, I can take these consulting skills and I can do something great. But I didn't know, I didn't know what that was. So we had sort of hit that challenge, mastered it, we felt really confident. And then one day I woke up and I, I turned around and I said, wait a minute, how come I'm cooking a kid's meal and an adult meal? And how come my kids are picky eaters? And hold on, now I'm a stay at home mom. I mastered all these things, and I have kids that aren't eating their dinner. Like, I can't even cook a dinner that a kid, kids will eat. Right. You know, it, something just seemed a little off. And, you know, it prompted me to think about a few things. One is, as women, I, I think that there is such a challenge that no one really talks about around how you take your past skills and your past life before kids and apply it into the future. You know, if you can't, I know so many women that say, well, I can't go back to doing what I did before kids, you know, pharmaceutical sales or consulting or whatever. But how do you make that leap Mm -hmm. into something else? And, you know, without sounding like an Oprah commercial, you know, you want to take what you're really good at and how do you find what you're passionate about? And in my case, it was it was family health. And it it took me all the way back to being a child, sitting around the dinner table, how important the family dinner was every single night. My mom put dinner on the table and the stories and how who I am as a person is so much attributed to that time. So I wanted the same thing for my family. And um, I, I got fed up and I said, that's it. We're done. I'm not doing this anymore. So that day I started a blog. I started cooking one simple, healthy dinner, nothing too crazy in terms of flavors, and I cooked it for everyone. And, you know, kids have to be introduced to something 15 times before they will potentially start to like it. And I did that, and within uh, six to seven months, we were transitioned to one family dinner, and I felt confident that the kids would eat at least two out of three things on the plate and try the third thing. Right, right. And it's grown from there. The blog is about three years old, and uh, and then I stumbled upon Integrative Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is a health coach. It's the largest nutrition school in the world, and um, and uh, and that's how I transitioned to being a health coach. And now I work with families to really help them make that transition to a healthier. Uh, diet and lifestyle. Right. And sometimes don't you, it's as simple as um, introducing the kids when they're young to the healthy foods, because if they haven't been introduced to the to the junks first, um, I think sometimes parents assume they're not going to like something, so they don't put it on the plate. Absolutely. You know, my mission is to eliminate all kid food. I don't think we need any kid food whatsoever. If you need SpongeBob to sell your product, chances are your product isn't that great to begin with. I think that we need no more kids menus. I think if a restaurant wants to attract parents and attract children that are going to become future uh, patrons of that restaurant, you don't need a kids menu. Talk about what your restaurant is good at and then take it from there. Create something simple. That's such a great food is food. And why food should it food. be? Why should there be kids' food and adult food? Absolutely, yeah, that's we, a great point. You know, kids eat what they know. You know, I did a lot of research in other countries. You know, in Korea, kids eat for breakfast what they had for dinner the night before. There is no other choice. You know, my line is, "Did your grandmother cook chicken nuggets?" You know, of right. course not. No. You know, my no. grandfather was born in 1896. I mean, do you, we've come so far. I, they couldn't even imagine. If a child said they didn't want to eat their dinner, well, too bad. Go to bed hungry. Right, right. But as mothers, I think we have it so hard. We always feel the guilt. So um, I tell a lot of my families, you know, when you fill, think about your kids and your body as a car. You can fill your car with water, but is it going to run? You can feel full. 
So if kids don't want to eat something that's healthy, you can fill them with mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, and, and you'll feel like the guilt's gone because they're full, but you're filling them with nothing. Right. That's going to help them. So I always say, you know, if we lived in Japan, the kids would be eating sushi. If you lived in Italy, they'd be eating risotto with fresh vegetables. Mm. Um, I know. It all sounds great. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> exactly. So we, we really don't need, we just don't need kid food. We don't. That, that's just such a great point. I mean, um, you know, and I think a lot of times we're, it's, it's available. It's in the stores. And it's, um, you know, the kids are being taught that it's tasty and it's what they should be eating. So we're constantly battling wherever we're going to say no to them. No, you can't have that. It's, I, I, I think moms have it so hard. And whether you work or not, I have found uh, no difference across, you know, economic demographics, uh, whether you work, whether you don't work. Um, kids are becoming pickier and pickier, and yet tens of thousands of new products, food products, are on the market that aren't actually food. Right. I mean, they're not coming out with new string beans and new, uh, you know, new Brussels sprouts and new spinach. Right? right. When I was driving over here, I was behind a truck and it said, eat more bananas. And I thought, I love that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, what company was that? I, I, I couldn't see. I, I couldn't see. But I thought, you know, most families, certainly the families that I work with and, and most families in general don't even know when I say the word whole grain, everybody thinks bread. Bread is the furthest thing from a whole grain. Um, there's so many grains that have been around for years, like farro and spelt and bulgur and wheat berries and um, barley. And those things alone, you introduce those into your diet and you've just eliminated so many other uh, foods that aren't healthy for you. But these are basic foods. They don't need a health claim. They don't have a sign on them. You know, Cocoa Puffs has a, had, a, had a box and it said, immunity booster now has vitamin C, E, omega-3. You know, I on highly Cocoa Puffs. on Cocoa Puffs. You know, but you don't see that on the banana. You don't see that on, you know, bok choy. Right. And they don't need preservatives. They don't need preservatives. They don't need preservatives. And I would argue that if you know how to cook and you know how to buy in bulk, which is a lot of the things that I work with my families, you can spend as much or less on food. Um, and it doesn't have to take, you know, it doesn't have to take two hours. Right. Because that's the biggest, that's the biggest uh, complaint that people have is that it's um, more expensive and that it takes longer. That's not the case at all. And that's what you do a lot is teaching people um, that they can cook healthy and they can do it um, at a very minimal cost. Uh, you don't only work with families. You work um, also with schools mm -hmm. and you work with country clubs. Tell, talk a little bit about what you do with them. Yeah, I started working with a school in their wellness week. And um, I go in and do some, uh, teach them a little bit about my plate and about portion control and about various nutrients and a balanced diet. But I also incorporate a lot of fun. Uh, we do some food trivia. And, uh, you know, the first couple times I introduced basic whole foods, fruits and vegetables. And I was shocked at how many kids, it's like the Jamie Oliver show. Mm -hmm. I was shocked at how many kids didn't know what, butternut squash look like, what uh, sweet potato was, what a honeydew was. Um, I was I was shocked. And, and, you know, just to show that it's not school specific uh, or any one demographic specific, when I bought some of the foods, and I, I did buy a few that were out of the ordinary, okay, maybe everybody doesn't cook with fennel like I do or, or orange yellow beets or something. The man at the checkout where I went had to ask me what some of the foods were. And that's when I knew we were in trouble. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know it's a problem until you start looking. It's like if you're pregnant, you don't notice anybody else pregnant until you're, until you're pregnant yourself, right? Right. Well, I started watching moms and talking to moms. And I saw a mom at a food store, and she had the most panicked look on her face. And she had three big boxes of Uncrustables. And she was telling, she was like, oh, thank God you had them. Uh, my kindergartner won't eat anything else. And uh, this is the third store I've been to, and I had to find the Uncrustables. I don't know what an Uncrustable is. You don't want to know. I don't want to know, right? It's, I can it's, tell by the name. It's, it's, a, it's a very highly processed peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's found in the freezer. And I felt so bad for this the, mom. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. I felt so bad for this mom. Instead of being judgmental, 
I felt bad because I don't think our moms know what's in the food Mm -hmm. and I don't think they know the impact. They're not paying attention to it, right? It's just like you said, if you, you know, if you pay attention to things, um, you learn and they're, they're busy. They're so busy running around trying to manage everything. Um, And it's snuck in there. I mean, a lot of times, even if you are paying attention, you read labels, you say, well, that sounds good. Whole grain, enriched wheat. You know, it all sounds good, but it's all fake. And you don't know. I mean, it's a shame that it takes, you know, a program or a health coach to educate you on how to feed your kids Right. Healthy. Well, that's why it's important, I think, that you're doing it with in schools. Absolutely. Because, the ch- you know, we don't have time to go and take classes on nutrition, um, most of us as, a, as adults. So if the children are learning about it at a young age, they're going to carry that with them through life. And the schools, is, uh, it's so rewarding. I remember last year I had a child who ate literally almost nothing at home and almost nothing at school. And I went in and I brought some edamame and she had never had it. And um, her mom was, you know, good luck. You'll never, never. And I had her hold it in her hand. I said, you don't have to eat it. Just hold it. And she put it in her hand and I said, touch it and see what it, see what it feels like. And then I had her smell it and eventually I had her lick it. And then eventually I thought, I think she just looked at me and said, oh, well, for God's sakes, I'm just going to eat it. Right. <laughs> and she popped it in her mouth and she said, huh. That was good. Yeah. And when I told her mom, she was shocked. And we did the same thing this year with kale chips, and the kids were gobbling them up. I have yet to eat a kale chip, and I have been hearing all, Girl, so much. You need to get on. <laughs> I got to get some. I'm getting them today. They're very good. I, I understand they are. What a great snack. And it really is healthy, even though it's, it's called a chip. It is. It, it is. is. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to take w- one more quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about the wonderful services that you provide. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. If you have separation or divorce in your current situation or future plans, you will not be alone in this journey when you hire divorce coach Sheila Brennan. She will guide you and provide important information about the process, as well as personal support. With Sheila's help, you learn the skills and strategies to effectively manage your divorce. As your divorce coach, Sheila answers your questions, provides priceless advice, and offers the assistance you'll need in this uncertain and emotional time in your life. For a complimentary discovery session with Sheila, call 610-687-687. One four one four. That's six ten six eight seven one four one four. Or find Sheila at BrennanDivorceCoach.com. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk eleven eighty WFYL. Hey, 
Hey, everybody. We're back for the uh, the last part of our show today on Women to Watch here at 1180 WFYL. And I'm sitting with Marissa Costones, who is founder of Everyday Family Health. And she's get, just given us some great thoughts for how we can really do it right every day and um, take care of ourselves and feed our bodies the right things. We were just saying we should have been snacking as we were doing this show <laughs> on some edamame or something. Um, but let's um, let's wrap up the show today and, and talk a little bit about exactly what it is, that you, you know, the service that you provide and how um, you can help our listeners. Sure. What I've done is I've taken uh, the change management methodologies that I've used all over the world with big organizations and how to help those workforces transform themselves. I've taken the methodology and the best practices and applied it to how we can, how I can help families transition to eating healthier. Uh, I mean, you can't go from eating the way we eat today to, you know, everything in one day or one week. Uh, And that's why I have a a six-month program where I work with families. Uh, We meet twice a a month, and we really work on whatever it is that they're focused on. Maybe they want better energy. Maybe they want their kids to, uh, the kids have ADHD, and they want to improve that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to have better endurance, or they have sleep problems. What are you worried about for your family? Right. And we, I work on that with them uh, in a six-month program, uh, again, using that change ma- management methodology. Um, you know, one of the things that families, as well as us, we experience, I experience it through my family, is we didn't even know we were sick until we went through the process. I thought, and I did, eat healthy all these years. And I didn't know that going that one step further, uh, how less sick we could really be <laughs> or how much better you how feel. much better we feel how we don't get as sick um how we haven't been on antibiotics um i see people now and i i see their kids are on multiple rounds of antibiotics in a year and i say to myself i know that that kid's allergic to dairy you know wow. so yeah but i have a variety of families some families have little toddlers who want to start right Right. And uh, I work with them. I have a dad who is head of his family, and I'm working with him to try to uh, make some changes with his family. And I have families with multiple kids. And how do you feed a family of four uh, when you're worried about one, whether it be a a weight issue or a sleep issue? Um, So I work with a variety of families in this way and in a six-month program because it really does take six months. Um, You know, this program should change the way you eat and live for the rest of your life. And you're implementing things with your kids that will be with them forever. Right. Uh, right. And it's just so powerful to see, uh, already seeing some of the, so many benefits uh, from the program. So that's, that's exciting. That's, I love working with, with the families. That's, that's my favorite core thing I do. Um, I also am doing some consulting work with uh, schools as well as local country clubs uh, as they look to reinvent and redesign their, their snack menus at, the, at their pool. Um, I also am running a workshop. Uh, I run a monthly workshop. The next one is in April uh, called Kids Sugar Blues, uh, where we really address our, could my kids be addicted to sugar? <laughs> could that be possible? And uh, how do I know? What are the signs? And, and how can I... Um, how can I satisfy them and me yeah, as a mom? Could my mother I be know. addicted to sugar? <laughs> could I be addicted? Uh, and what the, how can I, how can I satisfy that um, naturally? Um, so those are just a few things. I'm also in a, uh, a chef competition next month or you next week are. on Tuesday. Yes. So uh, I'm very excited about that. And I hope to be rolling out some, some cooking classes as well for moms, uh, busy moms on the go. Who's having the competition? Uh, North Hills Country Club is having a Master Chef competition. Wow! Yeah, oh, we'll have to check that out. Um, I want. I wonder if I could just read a, a quote that I found on your website that I think really uh, kind of explains um, how you've simplified changing your life. And you said, "I will help you to create a completely personalized roadmap to health that suits your unique body, lifestyle, preferences, and goals. So when I read that, I thought it really is um, about the fact that everybody does have different needs, different illnesses or different issues, and you help them see what they are to make it easier to go about your day in, in a healthy way. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I think my, what I've learned so much from the experience we went through with my son is that all parents worry. And, and I really help families that worry 
about their kids, about themselves, and I help them figure it out. What is it that they're really worried about and how can I help them to make a difference forever? Right. And help them not to worry. And help them to stop worrying and start doing something that they can feel good about and right. to, get at, to get rid of the worry if and, possible. Right. And you know, another, a phrase I love is, and I say this to my kids all the time, you really should be eating to live and not living to eat. Now we talked about how much we enjoy family meals and how much that's a big part of, of getting together. And that, and it should be because what that does is it brings conversation and it brings people together. Um, but we shouldn't be living to eat, you know, just thinking about that food constantly. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's two things. One is, you know, use the family dinner as a way to help develop who the kids, who your kids are. Right. I mean, sometimes during during dinner, we will have my father over. And last week he jumped up uh, and started slow dancing with my 10 year old daughter. Something came up and spurred them both. And they both started slow dancing and he was starting to tell stories. And that's the kind of stuff I cannot pay for. Right. (laughs) Those are memories that my kids are going to have forever right and meals do bring that about especially on the holidays absolutely and you know I'm still Italian I still love big meals I just change them a little bit right a little bit I had my great aunt and uncle over who definitely eat the way they eat uh, the way they have for years and I did stuffed peppers now when my grandmother did it she did meat stuffed peppers uh with you know maybe a side with, with meatballs stuffed in them and pasta and I did I did turkey meat, and I mixed it with farro instead of white rice. And it was delicious. And they ate it and loved it. I still had the tomato sauce, and I I made it my regular way. So there are ways that you can move slowly and make slow changes, adding vegetables to each meal, Mm -hmm. um, and and just making some minor changes uh, and transitioning foods. That's that's probably the one other thing I want to say is if your child likes something, maybe it's pickles. I, I know families say all the time, my kid only eats five things. All right, well, and one of those things is pickles. Well, what else is sweet and sour? You know, or if they like pickles, put pickles in something else that yeah. they don't like. And eventually they'll like that food. Yeah, that's, that's how I great did it with my kids. Right. They didn't right. like spinach and I transitioned something they did like into it. Right. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I'd love to, to get your take on... Um, for, for the women that are listening, and mm-hmm. a lot about this show is about um, women that maybe are looking to make a transition in their lives, how you came to um, have that confidence that you could start something completely different, um, a business that was outside of working in the corporate world, and what kind of suggestions would you have for our listeners on how to do that, figure it out? I think this is such a, such a huge issue, especially for, for moms that are home with their kids, um, as I was for, for, for several years uh, and still am. Um, I guess it's, it's the old adage of think about what inspires you. Think about what's important to you. You know, family dinners were always important to me. Now, if you asked me, uh, as I asked myself, well, how the heck am I going to transition you know, change management consulting skills with my passion for family dinner. <laughs> you know, get creative. I, I thought, oh, well, I, I can't transition that. But listen to, listen to people and, and listen to people talk about things that you say is important to you. Sometimes it takes other people. I had a mom say to me, I remembered you told me that you put basil in your child's vegetables when they were a year old. And I always remembered that. Um, and to me, I was just, they were going to like basil. So I did that. <laughs> but, you know, I remembered that. Think about what's important to you, and you will find how to bridge the gap between the old and the new. I like that you're using the word important as opposed to think about what you're passionate about. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think um, people are a little bit, um, not afraid, but sometimes they don't believe they have a passion. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, I don't really think I am passionate about anything but if you say to yourself what's important to me in life nine times out of ten that's going to be something that you enjoy absolutely and I think every family has their non-negotiable in terms of what's important family dinner was important to me other families like they don't leave the house without making their bed you know that's not me other families say I don't care what my kids eat but darn they're going to sleep at night you know sleep is so important to me right well how do you take those things that are important to you you know maybe the mom that's 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 really thinks that sleep is important 
could talk to other moms about how they got their four kids to sleep through the night. Right, right. And you know, so you're right. It, it is, it's about what's important to you and transitioning to that. Can you talk a little bit about how um, you make use of social media and uh, the internet and uh, getting the word out about your business? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Well, my original recipe blog that I still have up and running is uh, everydayfamilyfood.com. And I have lots of very funny old Italian stories from childhood coupled with very easy uh, recipes. And they... um, so it's a re- recipes and stories. I also have my family health coaching practice uh, website, which is www.everydayfamilyhealth.com. I also have a Facebook page, which is Everyday Family Health. And uh, Twitter is uh, Family Dinner Now. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Now, I know that you're at the very beginning of this, but I understand that you're, you're writing a book. I am. And maybe you can just talk quickly about what what the basis of the book is going to be about. Absolutely. Um, The book is going to be around the concept of transforming taste. So again, the concept of taking uh, change transformation and all those best practices in the corporate world and how do you apply that to uh, your home world and, and your family and how do you make that change? Change is scary. You know, I happen to marry a man who absolutely positively hates change. <laughs> I think a lot of men do. I, my son is that way. I think, they don't yeah. like change. Some, and I find often opposites attract often. Right, so, right. Um, But, you know, change is scary. Uh, a lot of people are in denial and we go through the stages of change. And that's what this this is trying to explore is uh, the stages of change that you go through when you're worried about your job is no different from the stages of change you go through when you're thinking about transitioning. Oh, it's going to be too expensive. Oh, I don't need that. I grew up on Cocoa Pebbles and I turned out fine. Oh, we hear that a lot. We hear that uh, a lot. You know, and and, uh, personally, I even know all the stages of change. I still went through the process when I put myself and my family through the program. Um, You know, I, I found myself eating a lot more candy the first month I started nutrition school and why it's because I was worried and scared I was never going to be able to eat it again oh so I could I could say oh you were at this stage in the change curve right (laughs) and it's but it still happened right um so it's really taking that change curve understanding where you are and managing it to make it uh really just to make it more manageable and to be more aware right can you tell us a little bit about what what your challenges are I mean obviously I'm looking at you and you are the epitome of health and you're you know you're doing it right but none of us are perfect so what are some (laughs) of the things that you battle with to kind of stay on track you know, I think what I continue to battle with every day is, um, you know, staying home was so important to me and is so important to me. And how can I uh, give what I need to this to this business, but most importantly, give what I need to my kids and be there. You know, this whole thing will be a big failure if I can't put my healthy dinner on the table. You know, if I'm out preaching to the world, making a better, making it a better place, but my kids now are eating fast food because I'm too busy, that that would be a failure. So my struggle is how do I maintain, walk the talk, keep doing everything I'm doing for my family while helping other people? Right, right. But it, it is okay to, to not do it perfect every day, oh, right? Oh, God knows. That's I mean, I think truth. that's important. If you don't, um, if you allow yourself to not do it perfect every day or do it right, I shouldn't say perfect, um, that takes the stress away, uh, the pressure Absolutely. You know, we talk about what's important to you. Each family has something that's important. You know, if my beds aren't made and the dishes aren't done and the kitchen is a mess from the night before, that's something I give up because the dinner well, was more cares, important. Frankly. Who cares, frankly? Who cares, right? <laughs> so something's got to give, as they yeah, say. And right. uh, you have to figure out what can give without making you feel anxious about it. Right. How about... Um, before we before we get to the end of the show some quick suggestions for when we're dining out because we all eat out a lot and I think that's because we're on the road and we're going to sporting events and school meetings and um, just some some quick tips for what we can um, do when we're at restaurants and stay eating healthy you know that's that's a it's a great question because sometimes when you know too much in this field it's a bad thing um and i i almost know too much about a lot of uh meats now and factory factory farms so that makes it difficult so i'm driving my family crazy while i do love meat i find myself eating more vegetarian when i go to a restaurant um, because i can trust uh it, it may not be organic but i can at least trust the quality of it 
mm-hmm. more. Um, I would look for products and, and things on the menu, uh, maybe without sauces. Go for heavily uh, vegetable, heavy, heavy vegetable dishes. Um, without and cheese and cream. Without, <laughs> sorry, without cheese and cream. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes think about what is it that you feel like eating? Maybe it's not on the menu. You would be surprised if you ask your server, what do you have that's vegetarian? Or what do you have something like this? Nine times out of 10, they will be happy to accommodate you. Yeah, that's a great point. You don't, you can go off the menu often. That's a great, great Absolutely. And I would especially say that when it comes to your kids. Right. Ask ask them if they would do a half price dinner, uh, half portion for your kids. Right. That's great. Um, We're at the end of the show, and I knew it was going to fly by quickly, and it it was a great show. I'm so happy that you came in today to talk about everyday family health, and and I hope people will get in touch with you to get some great motivation. Well, thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Uh, That's it, gang, for today's uh, Women to Watch here at 1180 WFYL. And again, my name is Susan Rocco. And if you have questions or comments, please feel free to get in touch with me. You can send me an email to srocco.com. 233 at gmail or feel free to give me a call at 215-313-5561. Thanks everyone. Have a great week.